I am Apologetic Master Kirshner. Welcome to Glendale Christian Church. Today we continue our series on modern parables and we get to draw a parable from Star Wars. Now if we use our sanctified imaginations, we will understand that we do not merely live in the physical realm before us. Not all of us who dress up as nerds are in cool guy bodies, Clay. Some of us dress up as nerds and have nerdy 42-year-old graying hair preacher bodies. But that's just this realm. There is another realm where I am a black-clad apologetic master ready to take on all comers who want to set up something to block the knowledge of God. This is the use of sanctified imagination. It's very important, for in the Bible, we are commanded to do just that. Did you know that the Bible refers to itself as a sword multiple times? So, what's the problem if we update the imagery a little bit? I think we can. And in Star Wars, this grand space fictional epic is so great for parables because it plays so heavily on themes like light and darkness. And there is one of the coolest weapons in all of fiction, the lightsaber, which is essentially a laser sword. And so if we're to take up our sword of the spirit, why can't we take up our lightsaber of the spirit? If we're to take the sword of truth, why not the lightsaber of truth? And of course, in the Star Wars world, those who wield the lightsabers are the Jedi. The Jedi are a highly trained group of individuals called to defend the Republic against the Sith and against any other threat. And within Christianity, Christians are called to defend the kingdom against the atheist and against any threat to the knowledge of God. Star Wars works as a parable because there are so many things that we can cling to. The Jedi defend the Republic. The Apologetic defend the kingdom. Now, it's a play on words. The reason that I like Star Wars so much is because the good guys are the Jedi and in Christianity, apologetics is the reasoned explanation and defense of Christianity. And so you can see how it goes together. Jedi, apologetics, return of the Jedi, return of the apologetic. In Christianity, every single person is called to be an apologist, is called to practice the art and science of apologetics, which is defined as the reasoned explanation and defense of Christianity. We have to reasonably explain and build the case for Christianity when people have honest questions. There are people who just don't understand or know very much about Christianity, and it is incumbent upon us, those who do believe, to explain, but it is also incumbent upon us to defend. For any time someone sets up something that prevents the knowledge of God, those who defend the kingdom have a job to do. Anytime someone tries to come up with an argument or a reason not to believe in God, not to trust in Jesus Christ who's God in the flesh, not 
to embrace God's word, then the apologetic have a job to do. And I'm not making any of this up. The scripture tells us very clearly in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, that we are to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. People are going to ask, and we need to be prepared. We need always to be prepared. Anytime anyone asks a question... Anytime someone asks a question about the hope that we have in Christ, we need to be ready to explain that case. We explain the case because people want to know, why do you have the hope that you do? And it's our job to reasonably explain Christianity to them, but it is also our job to fight. We are in a war. We are in a war. Not just out in the stars, but right here. And the stakes of this war are the souls of mankind. The very souls of people are at stake. And the Bible tells us that even though we're at war, we do not wage war the world the way the world does. And we do not use the weapons that the world uses. Ours have divine power. Our weapons have divine power. And it's very important because in the very next verse, we are told, 2 Corinthians 10.5, that we are to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so, sometimes, someone might come and say, oh, Christianity is fake because of, and it's our job to block that move. We defend the faith. Somebody would say, oh, the Bible is not accurate. There's too many errors and flaws within that. And what we do is come right around and defend. We say, oh, no, no, no. And we explain the truth. And when we see an argument, we don't just defend against it. We demolish it. We are not here to acquiesce to arguments against the faith. We are here to defend and block those who would bring our brothers and sisters to disbelief. And we are here to destroy, demolish, and eviscerate every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's what the apologetic is supposed to do. That's what the Bible calls the Christian to do. So you can see why I like this idea of, oh, yeah, Working these things together. Apologetic, apologetics. I have always been a fan of Star Wars. I've liked it ever since I was a little kid. And when I was a little kid, I realized very early that when it came to getting popsicles, I would never select the red popsicle because it's the Sith who use red and they have their red lightsabers, and it looks like a little miniature lightsaber when you're eating a popsicle. I would always pick green. I was a green popsicle guy, and I didn't even understand why. And then when I became a Christian, the very first Bible that I ever got was green. I bought myself a Bible. I didn't have one. And so I went to the Christian store, and I bought a green leather Bible. 
I still have it to this day. It's fallen apart. It's duct taped together. I've had it for 22 years, and I love that thing. I bought it because I knew, well, if the Bible is a sword, like my youth minister said, then I'm going to get the green lightsaber version of the Bible. Yeah, I've always loved it. But I didn't always come to the knowledge of lightsabers and the knowledge of the force the same way that Luke Skywalker did. In the Star Wars world, the original trilogy centers around a young man named Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker has no knowledge of his heritage. He does not understand when we first meet him that his dad was one of the most powerful Jedi ever to live who turned bad and becomes Darth Vader, the ultimate bad guy. He doesn't know that. Instead, he gets trained by Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Jedi master himself, and then he even picks up some training from Yoda, another Jedi master. And by time we get to the events of the third original movie in the trilogy, The Return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker is now a young man who's grown up in his knowledge of the Force, in his use of a lightsaber, and he decides he needs to get even better. He practices, he constructs his own green lightsaber, which is a requirement of becoming a full Jedi Knight, and he knows that he has to take on all those who would seek to destroy and set up something against the knowledge of freedom. He's part of the resistance. He's part of the rebellion. And his friends find themselves on the moon of Endor and the Death Star. The Empire's greatest weapon is getting ready to destroy everyone he loves. And Luke Skywalker has to go to battle. It's good to go to battle if you understand the stakes and if you understand the weapon. But when I was young, when I was Luke Skywalker's age, when he started, I didn't just understand my heritage or have a lack of understanding. I was actually on the opposition. I was an atheist. When I was Luke Skywalker's age, I did not believe in God. I did not love God. I did not believe that the Bible was accurate. And I specifically tried to get people not to go to church. I was on the other side. And I needed someone to come along and demolish my arguments because I had plenty of arguments about why people should not go to church. I had plenty of arguments. And I needed someone to come along and demolish them and praise God for Joe Weiss who demolished my arguments. He was someone my size intellectually and he knew how to handle those arguments. And not only did he demolish those arguments, he's took down every stronghold and pretension in my life that set up itself against the knowledge of God, and he sought to take captive for Christ my thoughts. And I became a Christian, and I realized I need to do the same thing. I need to do the same thing. And when I went to Ozark Christian College, my favorite professor was a man named Woody Wilkinson because he taught apologetics and Christ in the Bible and philosophy, and he showed me how to think well. And he said, there might be someone in this class who learns this stuff so well that they don't just use it. Everybody's got to use it. Every Christian is called to use apologetics. But there might be someone in this room who uses this stuff so well they go on to teach it. Or maybe so well that they go on to write the books that other people use to teach this stuff. Are you one of those people? And I thought, yes. Yes, I am. 
And I devoted myself to the study of apologetics. And what I've realized is that if you devote yourself to the study of explaining and defending Christianity in the physical realm, well then in the spiritual realm, you might just become, well, this level of powerful. Luke Skywalker's come a long way when Obi-Wan first tried to teach him different apologetic moves. And he taught Luke that this, the lightsaber, is an ancient weapon from a more civilized age. Clumsy in the hands of the untrained, yet deadly in the hands of those who are well equipped in the ways of the force. The lightsaber of truth, the word of God, can do something great. And you saw what Luke did in that clip, how he destroyed every one of those dopey droid robots, slicing them in half, using his force power, crushing them with the force, laying waste to every pretension that sets itself up against freedom. And the Christian needs to grow so powerful with his lightsaber of truth and his knowledge of the force that he can do the same thing. And it's very important because the Bible is very, very clear on these matters. The Word of God is living and active, more powerful than any lightsaber. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Your translations might say, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. But does it change the meaning to go from double-edged sword to lightsaber? I think it might actually help those of my generation and below to understand that the Bible doesn't have to be boring. To understand that Bible study doesn't have to be a chore. When you understand that you are taking up your lightsaber and you are getting ready to block and defend and parry and strike and you need to use the word of God, you recognize, oh, when I go to church and when I go to Bible study, it's, it's not just some boring exercise. Instead, it's something where I'm learning how to rightly handle the word of God in a powerful and active way. That's what I want for you. Bible study is never boring for me anymore because even if I see the physical realm, my sanctified imagination has me squarely in the spiritual realm real quick. And I want that for you too. I want that for you too. 
But some people misunderstand Star Wars, and they think, oh, lightsaber, got it, word of God, word of truth, that's fantastic, excellent. And the force, may the force be with you. Ah, the force has to be the Holy Spirit, right? No, the force is not the Holy Spirit. Christian, don't go around pretending that the force is the Holy Spirit. It's not, because the force is an impersonal force. The Holy Spirit is very personal and active. God, the Holy Spirit is God. Not only that, but in the Star Wars world, the force can be used by the Jedi for purposes of light or by the Sith for purposes of darkness. But the Bible tells us very, very clearly in 1 John 1, 5, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. So you can't develop a Star Wars analogous understanding whereby you say, oh, the Holy Spirit's the... No, the Holy Spirit is not the force. There is no darkness in him at all. None. Instead... The force must be understood as some kind of impersonal source that anybody can access and that those who are trained can have greater usage of, but that can also be manipulated to serve both the purposes of light and darkness. The force is the force of logic. The force is the force of reasoning. That's what the force is. Any man can grow in his knowledge of logic. Any woman can grow in her knowledge of reason. And yet there are some people who will use logic and reason nefariously to try to turn people away from the truth. This is not all right, especially for the Christian. The Christian is told in Romans 13, 12 that the night is nearly over. Day is almost here. So put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. We clothe ourselves in the light side of the force. We use our God-given gift of reason and we practice and we train and we hone our reason and logic skills to such a degree that we can demolish arguments and take every thought captive. We have to. And we have to make sure that we have nothing to do with deception. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 2 says, We have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. But there are people out there who use deception to try to turn us from the knowledge of God. There are people out there who will use deception. And they will masquerade and they will lie and they will say things like, Men can be women. Men can be pregnant. And they, and they will distort the truth. They use deception. And then they claim that if you don't use the language that they want, you are promoting violence. We need to grow in our knowledge of the force of logic and reason in order to combat this. And we need to make sure that we do not distort the word of God. There are some people, sadly, who will distort the word of God. They will say things like, the Bible says, and then they will lie and fill in the blanks. We have to know what the Bible says. So that when somebody tries to tell us, either from stage in a sermon, or from behind the lectern in a classroom, or any other setting, what the Bible says, our knowledge of the Word of God must be so high that we know if they know what they're talking about. You cannot just take my word for it. You need to check every day to see if what I say is actually in Scripture. That is your responsibility. That is what we must do. We have weapons. And the weapons that we have are the word of truth. The lightsaber of truth. And we also have the force. And we can use the force of logic and reason to deny all sorts of nonsense. And we need to. We need to because we live in a world that is filled with 
nonsense. We live in a world where people will say things like, men can be pregnant, and what we might want to do is block such a move with Genesis 127 and say, no, God made them male and female. There are only two genders and you can't switch between them. Ah, but men really can get pregnant. And then we might want to come back with Genesis 2.16. No, the curse laid on the woman is that pain in childbirth will increase. And the only one who's described as giving childbirth is the woman. Only women can get pregnant. This should not be a difficult thing to understand, but the world will seek to distort and so we have the word of God to smash and block. But sometimes they keep saying, ah, but yes, and if you don't agree with us, you are a man of violence, and then we need to use the force of reason and logic. And we need to say, no. Even if you masquerade, and you dress like a man, and you take testosterone like a man, XY doesn't come from XX. XX doesn't become XY on the chromosomal level, no matter how hard you try to work on the exterior. You cannot become the other gender. Use a little bit of reason. Use a little bit of logic. And when somebody says, oh, you're promoting violence because you don't think certain people exist. No, I believe that all these different people exist, but I believe that they are deluded because they've bought into your masquerade. And I am here to choke that argument out and to bring truth to bear. And it's not just matters like that. When I taught at the University of Arkansas for 10 consecutive semesters for five years in a row as a Christian apologist at the University of Arkansas, the number one reason that people wanted nothing to do with God's stuff in church was not pluralism, though there are lots of religions. It was not the fact that they wanted to be in control of themselves, though they certainly did. It was not that they couldn't understand certain doctrines of Christianity, though they didn't, but I could explain it to them. And it wasn't even that Christians were mean to them. The number one reason that our high school kids leave high school Christian, and then go to college, and then 75% of them graduate college no longer Christian, is evolution. It's evolution. They've been taught for years that Christianity and evolution don't line up, and then they go to the university, and they get a steady wave, four consecutive years, of the eroding effect of every professor they have adopting the same bankrupt worldview, telling them evolution and science disproves Christianity. And because they do not want to be on the losing side, and because they're being overwhelmed, and because they maybe have not been trained well enough, they acquiesce. And they jettison the faith. Evolution is a very serious problem. And so, as Christian men and women, we need to do something about it. We can no longer stand idly by. We can no longer stand on the sidelines as we watch society lie to our children. We can no longer stand idly by when we are told there is only one way to rightly handle the word of God. We need to do something about it. And so, I am going to do something about it. In my life, I've been a man who's wanted to do things about problems. 
And being inspired by Star Wars and being inspired by Woody Wilkinson, when I graduated Ozark Christian College, I earned a master's degree in apologetics. And if you have a master's degree in apologetics, that makes you a master apologetic, an apologetic master. Do you see the wordplay again there? It's, it's really cool. And one of the greatest joys that I have is that when I went back to teach at Ozark Christian College, one of my students, my Padawan, Clay O'Dell, he, after graduating Ozark Christian College and then doing his time in the Marine Corps, came out and earned his master's degree in Christian apologetics. So on staff at Glendale Christian Church, you literally have two apologetic masters. It's time we start using our training a little bit more. And so here's what we propose. For six weeks in the fall, starting in September, on September 18th, running through October 23rd, Clay O'Dell, Master O'Dell, and Master Apologetic Kirshner will be teaching about the apologetics of creation. Not just apologetics in general. That is way too huge a category. We are going to talk about the apologetics of creation. And we will talk about different interpretive views of Genesis. We will talk about the age of the earth. We will talk about created human sexuality. We will talk about how to defeat evolution. How to rationally and logically push away certain arguments. And how to bring the word of God to bear on every single thing that this world throws at us. And we need to. Because we can say things like, oh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But people will still seek to deny us. We need to not just understand what the word of God says. But we need to be able to use the force of logic and reason and say something like this. Even if evolution is true, there's no rational reason to believe it and push it away. If evolution is true, there's no rational reason to believe it, for there's no reason to think that the evolved people before Homo sapiens came about had cognitive faculties that were designed to pursue truth. And if you can have survival of the fittest without the acquisition of truth, which is certainly possible based on a number of thought experiments, then even if evolution is true, there's no good reason to believe it. So evolutionists are undercutting their own argument. I will teach you how to squeeze the life out of an atheistic evolution position. Master Odell will teach you different interpretations of Genesis. And together, we will spend six weeks talking about the apologetics of creation so that we can be better equipped to defend the truth. Christian, do you believe the truth? Then you need to defend the truth. You can't stand by any longer and say, well, Andrew loves to dress up and play Star Wars. Clay loves to dress up and play Star Wars. These guys have master's degrees in apologetics. They can handle it. We don't need to. God values my knowledge is one of the things that every single member of Glendale Christian Church needs to be able to say. God values my knowledge, not just Clay's, not just Andrew's, your knowledge, your knowledge, your knowledge. God values my knowledge. If you believe the truth, it is incumbent upon you to learn how to defend the truth so that you can answer anyone who asks you for the hope you have and so that you can destroy every argument and pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That is your responsibility. You might not want to do all the work it takes to become a master apologetic. Fine. You don't need to become an apologetic master, but you better become an apologetic.
You better become an apologetic knight because I need the help. This society doesn't get it and we need to go out there and we need to stand since we believe. We need to defend since we believe. But when we stand, when we defend, when we seek to crush out every argument, when we seek to destroy every stronghold and pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, who is presenting those arguments? Who is defending those strongholds? Who is it that takes these pretensions and hides behind the wall of pretense? Sometimes it's people you love. It's not just enemies. It's not just people who don't believe what we believe and who hate us. It's not just those people. Sometimes those we have to block are our parents. Sometimes those we have to defend against are our brother and sister. Sometimes those who bring a faulty argument that has to be destroyed will be our friend. What do you do when the one you are called to battle in this war for souls and ideas is someone you love. Luke Skywalker had that exact problem. For in the movie before Return of the Jedi, he found out that Darth Vader was his father. And now, Darth Vader is on the Death Star, ready to destroy all of his friends. And the Emperor, the power behind the throne, is egging him on. Check out this penultimate clip from the coolest Star Wars movie. Good. I can feel your anger. I am defenseless. Take your weapon. Strike me down with all of your hatred, and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. to kill me before and I don't believe you'll destroy me now you underestimate the power of the dark side if you will not fight then you will meet your destiny
hide forever, Luke. I will not fight you. Give yourself to the dark side. It is the only way you can save your friends. Yes, your thoughts betray you. Your feelings for them are strong, especially for... Sister. So, you have a twin sister. Your feelings have now betrayed her too. Obi-Wan was wise to hide her from me. Now his failure is complete. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. Jedi like my father before me. Do you notice that even though Luke fights Vader and gets so aggressive that eventually he chops his arm off, he recognizes the same thing we must recognize. We have all kinds of enemies and opponents. Our enemy and our opponent is anyone who will take out the red lightsaber of the Book of Mormon or the Jehovah Witness understanding or the Quran or any other scripture book that is false. We understand that we have to use the force to push away bad ideas and destroy with the word of truth all pretensions that set themselves up against the word of God. But what we must recognize is that our immediate opponent is not our ultimate enemy. Our immediate opponent is the one we are seeking to save. They are some of the souls that we want to win to the truth. So even though I will do whatever it takes and everything it takes to demolish the argument, I don't want to destroy the person. I will destroy the argument in reality and in the spiritual realm that might look like their hand getting chopped off. But in the real physical realm, or in the physical realm rather, I want to win them to a knowledge of the truth. The person that I'm fighting is not merely my enemy, but I want to make him my brother. And if I don't understand this, then I've already lost. 
1 John 2.9 says, anyone who claims to be in the light yet hates his brother is still in the darkness. I cannot hate my brother just because he has a stupid idea that needs to be addressed. I cannot hate my opponent just because they embrace the folly of this world. Instead, I must recognize as 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 6 says, opponents must be instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. The person that I'm arguing against is not my ultimate enemy. The devil is my ultimate enemy. The one who has a stupid idea and a pretension against the knowledge of God is not the one I seek to destroy. That's the one I seek to save. The devil is my ultimate enemy. Those who do not believe are in the trap of the devil and it is our job to slash the arguments, break them free of the chains so that they can repent and come to a knowledge of God. We have an enemy and that enemy is found in 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Our enemy is not the fool who needs some apologetic training. Our enemy is not the one who refuses to accept the truth. Our enemy is ultimately the devil himself. And so when it's time to bring out the word of truth and strike... We have an immediate opponent, and that person may be our enemy until we demolish that argument and God brings them to repentance and a knowledge of himself. That's what we are to do with the lightsaber of truth and the force of reason and logic. But just like in Star Wars, the Jedi need help. And when there are too few the galaxy is in big trouble. This world needs help. And there are too few willing to defend what they claim to believe. I need help. Clay needs help. We need help. And so we want you to join us in September and October and learn about the apologetics of creation. We want you to understand that you need to use your sanctified imagination and you need to see yourself in the spiritual realm. We want you to understand how to explain and defend Christianity. No more sitting by. It's time to jump all in and start your training. Would you pray with me?